Hey everybody, this is Matt Hardman here with the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio. Thank you for tuning in, and 2021 is going to be a great year, and this is our first episode of it, so hopefully you enjoy it along with the other plethora of programming that CKCC Radio brings you each and every week, and if you like it, you can donate through our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash club kayfabe, all one word, where for as little as $5 a month, you could get a whole bunch of bonus programming, bonus VIP wrestle talk with Chris and Dan, uh, bonus ranking tracks, and right now I'm in the middle of recording a three-part series on why I love the 90s. Uh, The first episode was uh, dropped last week, (coughs) excuse me, uh, on the drivers of the 90s. And I know that was a big hit with at least one patron, and that's Chris O'Mealy, the founder of the, the founder of CKCC Radio. I think he, he loved that one. Anyway, uh, but we're going to be doing two more episodes uh, we're gonna keep. I'm gonna keep those under wraps, um, but definitely check it out. It's a minimum of five dollars a month, uh, which is basically a cup of coffee at Starbucks or half a pack of cigarettes. Man, Whew. for you smokers, I I feel your pain. <laughs> um. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about this week. Um, but before we get into two weeks worth of news, I do have a little bit of sad news to talk about. Um, uh, we had two passings, uh, one in the world of racing and one not quite in the world of racing, but it's certainly, um, felt by the members of the CKCC radio, uh, network. Uh, the first is on New Year's Eve, um... We lost Aldo Andretti. Aldo was the twin brother of multi-time racing, multi-time, uh, is racing legend, I should say. I can't quite put a multi-time. Um, Mario Andretti, uh, and father of the late John Andretti. Um, now, while Aldo may not have had the career that his brother had, I... And here I am talking about the price of cigarettes. Anyway. (coughs) Aldo may not have had the budding racing career that his... Or... um, I don't want to say talent, but he he may not have got the racing bug as big as his brother, but... Aldo was a, a member of the IndyCar Garage for many, many years... A supporter of his brother, supporter of his nephew, Michael. Uh, Michael's son, Marco. The whole Andretti clan. And in racing, you may have families, but racing's a fraternity. And Aldo was part of that. And Aldo will be, will be missed in the garage uh, the only solace I could take in this, or anybody, um, 
can really take in this is that he's reunited with uh, John, who tragically lost his battle with cancer early on in 2020. Um, and that was news coming off of the news the day after Christmas. Uh, the wrestling world lost John Huber. Uh, John was better known um, by his stage names of Brody Lee, or in the WWE, he was known as Luke Parker. Or Luke Harper, sorry. I have no idea where Parker came from. I'm thinking of CJ Parker. But uh, Luke Harper. Um, John was somebody who was you would hear stories sometimes you'd hear stories when a wrestler passes about whether they was a good person or a bad person uh john was one of those guys that was never a bad word said about him and more than wrestling the thing that meant the most to him was his family his wife and his two sons um the one thing I think that non-wrestling people could take away from um, John Huber and his passing is the fact that we should all strive to be like John, to be a better husband, a better friend, a better father. And I think that is that should be everybody's goal for 2021. I know we've fallen through some hard times in the past year. And not just myself, but everybody, you know, whether you're uh, growing corn in Nebraska or running dirt tracks in Ohio or doing whatever people do in Wyoming. Seriously, what do people do in Wyoming? But anyway, we should take away um, from John and Aldo. Uh, family is very, very important. And it's a lesson even myself I am learning more and more every day. Um, but that's not all the news we have. I, I always start these shows off when there's a passing, doing that before we get into everything else. You know, because I don't want to drag the show down. Now it's time to bring it back up. We do have some positive news. Um, in December, Sherry Pollock's uh, girlfriend of Martin Truex Jr. and daughter of former um, Bush Series owner Greg Pollock's uh, was re-diagnosed with cancer. Now, Sherry had been battling cancer off and on for many years. Um, I guess she had gone to a, a doctor's appointment where they found three small tumors. Thankfully, Sherry was able to have the three tumors removed and is currently back at home in North Carolina uh, with Martin recovering. Um, so I, it's, it's a sad story, but it does have a positive uh, that she is recovering from cancer um, and that they were able to catch it in time before it spread. Uh, wow. This show's really depressing to start with. 
But we got other news. Um, and it's kind of depressive if you're a fan of watching the Daytona 500 with your Valentine. And that is the 2021-2022 schedule for the NFL uh, will be moving from its traditional 16 games to adding a 17th game, uh, something the NFL has been talking about for many years now. And they will push back uh, a game later in the season, which essentially will push back the Super Bowl to Valentine's Day weekend. Now, traditionally, nothing's really competed against the Super Bowl, but the problem is NASCAR also traditionally likes to start their season on Valentine's Day weekend. They have for many years. Um, there has been talk, nothing set in stone for, the, for NASCAR's 2022 schedule. We have the 2021 set, but not the 2022. Um, there's talk of either starting the Super, the Daytona 500 early, um, possibly going back to its earlier start time around 12 o'clock, like it used to in the 90s. <laughs> uh, see how I kind of tied it around to our Patreon episode? Um, but there's also talk about pushing the season back a week. Now... If I'm one of the TV networks, I'd like the earlier start time for the 500. And if you happen to be that lucky network that has it um, corresponding like Fox, um, Fox could do the 500, then go right from there right into Super Bowl pregame. Um, because there's way too much pomp and pageantry um, before both of those. And I think that for NASCAR, you could cut a lot of that out. Um, I know 2020 was a little different with um, uh, President Trump uh, leading the motorcade around the track with the cars behind it as an honorary pace car. I think that was pretty cool. Uh, no matter what your, um, your political affiliation is. Anytime you have a sitting president at the track, it's it's something. But um, other than that, I really don't see a whole lot of need for all the pomp and circumstance because you're starting the season off at the biggest race of the year. You don't need way too much. I think that kind of takes away from the essence. So you don't need like three hours of concerts and three hours of... <coughs> um, driver intros and pre-race stuff so i'd be glad to see that gone and um pretty much just get right to the race then go to the super bowl or just you know if the see if they move it a week later or a week earlier i'd be fine with that either way um but just something a little different you know and don't try to bump you know nascar to like FS1 or FS2 just to get the Super Bowl. That's That would piss off a lot of fans, including myself. Um, news that won't piss you off. And we'll cover those before we get to our pop quiz notes. Is first, uh, we have Noah Gregson, um, last year's Daytona Xfinity winner, uh, will be running the 500 
in the number 62 Beard Oil car. As uh, we know, last year's driver, Brendan Gone, has officially um, retired um, to run the family business. Gone, who had been running uh, the super speedways for the Beard team, um, gives up the seat. And Mark Beard will continue to run those four races with essentially with um, Gregson. And this is possibly a, a, uh, a job interview, so to say, an audition uh, for a full-time Cup Series ride in 2022, uh, as there'll be some rides opening up. Um, so that's a big thing. Uh, another big announcement. And this one was actually kind of surprising. The Floyd Way Mayweather team, the uh, TMT, the money team, quote-unquote, um, has entered into an agreement with uh, Spire Motorsports. Spire, which ended up buying the Levine Family Racing Charter <coughs> in hopes of running two cars, uh, one with... Um, Corey LaJoy, and another one with what appears to be a, once again, a rotating circuit of drivers will um, co-brand one car in the hopes that they will secure that ride for the 2022 season as their own team entity. Now, we've seen this before. We've seen um, two teams share a charter. Um Rick Ware Racing and Richard Petty Motorsports uh, co-own the charter for the 51 team. Um, but it's an essentially a Rick Ware entry. I think that this will be good. This will help Spire. <coughs> and will help get the footing for uh, Mayweather's team. Now, I... I I don't hold much stock in this, but at the same time, this is another big thing because this is another household name. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, you know, whether you like him or whether you don't, he is uh, currently one of the biggest names in boxing and has been for about the last 10 years, 12 years. Um, I can only think of uh, names, you know, that are bigger than him right in boxing, in the history of boxing, are like Mike Tyson, George Foreman, Joe Frazier, and, of course, Muhammad Ali. So I think that this is a, a big thing because if you get Floyd Mayweather in the garage, especially if, if the time comes that we actually open up the garages to owners being there instead of just pit crew and drivers and officials, I think that this could be huge for the sport. Uh, we already have Michael Jordan. If we have Michael Jordan and Floyd Mayweather, it certainly puts the sport in a very positive light, um, not just for Fortune 500 companies, but for um, people who never really considered NASCAR ownership or um or even joining the sport. This is going to get a lot of eyes from a lot of minorities as well. Um, 
So this could be this could be big. I'm not holding my breath because we've heard Mayweather uh, and his group um, announced that they were going to start a team the end of 2019, I believe. Uh, nothing came of it in 2020. We'll have to see what 2021 holds. Uh, so we got all that news out of the way, and we still haven't done a pop quiz. Now. now Here's one for you. As of right now, I'm doing a three-part series based on the 90s. And today's question actually came from a um, classic race in the 90s. And that is, what was the final race for Harry Gant to drive the Skull Bandit Oldsmobile? Uh, that he went and competed on and was winning races well into his 50s. Uh, what was the last race for the Oldsmobile before uh, the team would change over to the Chevrolet Lumina that he would end his career driving? Answer at the end of the show. Now... Now, we've had a lot go on, you know, over the past couple weeks, you know, through the news and all. And we've started, you know, the new year. The new year has actually been pretty decent. You know, we haven't had any major meltdowns. And a lot of places look at doing a end-of-year recap, you know, right before New Year's or right after New Year's. Um, I actually decided to pass up on doing and end of year recap for 2020. Um, because to be honest, while there were a lot of great moments in 2020, there were a lot that I really, how can you really talk about racing or any kind of sport without the fans? And I felt that kind of disconnect this year. Um, so in lieu of doing something where I felt a disconnect from, although I still watched, I still tried to follow, but it just didn't have the same, uh, it didn't have the same vibe. And I know it's not, not just NASCAR, IndyCar, any kind of motorsports. It's just all around. There just was not that vibe um, in any kind of sport. Um, baseball. I think the, the only sport where it felt the same was golf. Because golf, you really don't hear anybody. But anyway, so instead of doing that, I decided to uh, pop up the old Google machine. And you know, I, I thought, you know, what can I talk about? Then I found like a whole Reddit page. And that is the... Um, Reddit is just insane, um, because it's like the, it's like NASCAR of message board, uh, not NASCAR, uh, Facebook of message boards. So as I was looking and I found a, a couple of threads that were based off silly season rumors of the past. And some of these are actually quite interesting. Um, one of them 
was a very interesting one that I heard. And it probably could have changed a lot of a lot of history. A lot of NASCAR history, especially in the 80s and early 90s. And that is um, during an old MRN race. Somebody had posted this in in the um, in there, and and it alluded to Ron Bouchard from up here in New England. Uh, Ron was a a uh, modified driver who went south and actually won a race at Talladega. Uh, that he was rumored to. The second, uh, the second Hendrick Motorsports car in 1986, and bringing sponsorship of Valvoline, which is a current sponsor of uh, Hendrick Motorsports, uh, with uh, most recently with Alex Bowman, and before that uh, Dale Earnhardt, and had been with the team for many years. Now, this one was that Ron Bouchard would take the ride of the 25 card. Now, if you know your NASCAR history, that deal didn't happen, and Tim Richmond would go on to drive that car and compete for a championship in 86 and run part-time in 87 um, while he was battling uh, what we would later find out was AIDS. Now, had Bouchard got that team would that team have has been as dominant as it would with um richmond i don't think so i really do not think so um i think that tim richmond was a once in a lifetime driver and i'm kind of glad this didn't happen because it kind of set the bar for what would happen with multi-car teams uh also we wouldn't get tim richmond and top equipment and uh, who can remember his battles with Dale Earnhardt and the such over time. So I, I, I think that that was a big one. There was another funny rumor and that was and that rumor was that Jeff Gordon would end up moving to DEI uh, after Dale Earnhardt would retire and they would form a super team. Now, this rumor I first heard from my father who worked for GM uh, at a dealership. And there was lots of talk from, um, you know, people who would come down from uh, Michigan or, you know, different heads of Chevrolet, blah, blah, blah. And eventually it would trickle down. Now, I heard this rumor, and I, I was kind of perplexed, um, especially at the time, because this was the late 90s that I had heard this, and Earnhardt was up in years, and um, DEI was a powerhouse in the trucks in the Xfinity series. So, getting back to this rumor, now... As I was saying, DEI had been building themselves up, um, starting off, you know, starting off with Dale, and that was weird, 
hopefully my headset still works. Anyway, starting off with Dale running DEI out of his father's shop uh, in the 80s, uh, continuing on through the 90s where he would retire from running the Bush series and would turn the car over to Jeff Green and eventually Steve Park and Dale Jr. Uh, they would also be building up the trucks for Ron Hornaday. And as this rumor was happening, you know, DEI had not clinched their uh, first Xfinity championship. Um, they were still running, because I want to say this rumor was around 96 that I had heard this. Um, Gordon had just won his first championship. Uh, he was still, this was still back when he was married to Brooke Seeley. And if you Jeff Gordon uh, fans remember, that was that first marriage where it was only for money. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, it would have made no sense because Gordon was white hot. Uh, Earnhardt was still the Dale Earnhardt of old. He could still win races, but his career was fading. Um, I, I, I could see this now seeing, um, their rivalry and, um, seeing how they were off the track and how they kind of drove each other, uh, to be the best in the sport and everything else. I mean, their, their rivalry, I guess the best way to put it is like, um, the Rowdy Burns Cole Trickle rivalry in Days of Thunder, um, but with with that all said, I think that while there may have been a lot of hope for that, at the same time that there was no way that Rick Hendrick, who had just won his first championship and um, was on his way to his second with Terry Labonte, that that this would not, there would be no way uh, Rick Hendrick would let this happen. Um, eventually is what got later down the line would get Gordon his um, lifetime contract with Hendrick Motorsports to the point where uh, he would actually be next in line when Rick decides to retire or passes um, that he would be the head of the team. Now, this wouldn't be the craziest rumor for either of these two. Um, most notably, you know, we talked on a previous episode that um, there were sponsors that were actually looking to join up with Dale Earnhardt to capitalize on his name brand and bring recognition to their brand. Uh, the first was um, sorry I had to crack my back there hopefully I didn't pick up on the other anyway the first was Penthouse Magazine which would have gotten a big no from NASCAR so it only went into exploratory talks now another rumor that had come up was Nike as in the shoe company uh, was looking at sponsoring Earnhardt. Um, 
That one, I don't think, really got off the table, if that was even true. Now, you would have... <coughs> theoretically, if this were to, were to have happened, you would have had... Well, Bo Jackson was retired, but at, the, at that time, you would have had Bo Jackson as one of your biggest stars. Um, who was actually in the twilight of his career, but... Uh, certainly was one of the more marketable faces for Nike. Uh, you would have had Dale Earnhardt, you would have had Ken Griffey Jr., and then you would have also had Michael Jordan. You know, that would have just made money hand over fist with all those names, um, because they were all white hot in the 90s. Um, but... Alas, none of them really came on, but a really interesting one. I found I found this one intriguing. Um, if you've ever read the autobiography Driver Eight, uh, which is uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. in his first couple of years in the Cup Series, his first year or two. It's been a long time since I read the book, but one thing that always stood out to me was, and I, I had heard this rumor vaguely, but there was a bidding war um, for sponsorship for Dale Jr. in the Cub Series. And one of the potential bidders, besides Anheuser-Busch and their Budweiser brand, was Burger King. And... Burger King had a affiliation with Dale Earnhardt, uh, with um, as they were an associate sponsor of his uh, from the mid '90s to the end of the 2000 season. But they would also sponsor the seven car, the 14 car. I take that back. Uh, in 1997, what would become um, the number the number one car with Steve Park. But Park would run the Burger King uh, Chevrolet for DEI uh, part-time in like, a, I want to say it was five or six races uh, to keep his Rookie of the Year status for 1998. But um, they, Burger King had missed out on a sponsorship for DEI with Park for the 98 season when when Pennzoil would become available, and when it was announced that DEI would expand into two cars, Burger King was one of this was one of the names that was thrown in uh, due to being so tight with Earnhardt and their uh, personal services sponsorship. So we really could have had a Burger King number eight car winning all those races at Daytona. Um, and it was a rumor that I thought was unfounded for many years. It made made sense until I actually sat down and read Driver 8. <coughs> and it kind of confirmed that story. Now, another one involving a famous burger joint is um, Hardee's. Now, everybody knows, everybody's seen the commercials for Hardee's and Carl Jr. and all. But in 1991, they were sponsoring Ward Burton uh, in the Bush 
series. Uh, they many years prior they sponsored Kale Yarborough. Then when Kale started his own team, they went with him and uh, where the sponsor Dale Jarrett in '89. Then would kind of leave and go back down to the Bush series where they would get a cheaper sponsorship. They would end up sponsoring Ward Burton. Uh, in 1991 um, uh, with uh, A.G. Dillard Racing. Now, come the end of 1991, Joe Gibbs goes to start his own team and uh, with help from Hendrick Motorsports, might I add. So Hendrick Motorsports, really, they've grown. Um, the, their fingerprints are pretty much all over the sport, um, especially on the Chevrolet side. And now on the Toyota side, now with Joe Gibbs Racing, you know. Anyway, um, getting back to Joe Gibbs Racing in 1991, they announced that they were forming. And one of the drivers that they looked at was Ward Burton. And with Ward, Hardys wanted to join him and not stay with the Dillard team. Now, what's big about this is had Ward gone and brought Hardee's, it, in essence, would have sunk the A.G. Dillard team. Also, another thing of the rumor is at the time, Dale Jarrett was running for the Wood Brothers in 1991 would win his first Cup Series race at Michigan uh, for the team, but he would, in essence, be known as a Bush Series driver, and with Joe Gibbs Racing, he would get his big break, <coughs> and this is kind of all over the place, but he would win, not in his first season, but in his second season, start off right by winning the Daytona 500, would be competitive, would run three seasons, and eventually over Robert Hitch Racing, opening up the spot to Bobby Labonte, would uh, reward the team with their first championship in 2000. Now, at the same time, where Ward's career would go is Dillard would move up to the Cup Series in 93, well, in 1994, I take that back, uh, competing against his brother Ward, and would move over to Bill Davis Racing, uh, which would be run uh, by Bobby uh, in 93 and 94. Uh, he would join the team halfway through the 95 season and would win at Rockingham and would some, including myself, consider an upset win and would therefore help cement his place with the team where he would stay until the mid, until the end of the 2003 season um, before moving over to CMC Racing. Now, this it's it's a good thing that this rumor and this rumor has been confirmed by Ward with the explanation that he did not want to see um, his Bush team, uh, AG Dillard's team, 
in essence fold um, by going by him going to the Cup Series with Joe Gibbs Racing. So that is it's a um, it's a fun little hypothetical. What would have gone? Would he have won more than just his the races that he won during his time in Bill Davis Racing? Although a Daytona 500. Uh, doesn't sound too shabby with BDR. Um, you know, who knows the heights he could reach with Joe Gibson. Uh, other, other fun rumors that have gone around that, uh, you know, just kind of been forgotten about was Henry Earn actually wanting to join in ownership group with Jack Roush Racing uh, for the 16 car that was at the time driven by Greg Biffle uh, bringing sponsorship with Denny's. Now, uh, this grand slam of the deal didn't quite work out, um, but Jack Roush did find another financial partner from the world of Baseball with John Henry, what would later become Roush Fenway Racing. Uh, so it, it, it certainly has a weird way. These rumors have a weird way of kind of coming back to the same ideas, just different parts of it. Um, and I, I'd like to do more on these. Um, just go through more, but um, for this episode, I just wanted to keep it light, you know, we started off with some heavy shit, and, you know, wanted to keep some of these, some of these what-ifs, um, maybe we'll do some next week or in two weeks, we'll look at some more crazy NASCAR rumors that have somewhat been forgotten about, or, and look at what if these had happened. I still want to bring back Car Wars. I still want to do a couple of things. Um, so you, you're going to want to stay tuned. And like I said, if you haven't already subscribed to the Patreon page, uh, it's only $5 a month uh, for the low tiers. Say. 5 10 and 15 15 gets you get you not only in the door, but a seat at the head table. So, if that's something that you're interested in, check it out, because there's a lot of great programming on there, as I said at the beginning of the show, and I have already wrapped up episode two of the three-part series of the 90s, uh, that, is, that one is going to be dropping this week, and I will probably record episode later on this week, the final part of the trilogy. Uh, so, if you're a patron, stay tuned. We're going to have more updates as they hopefully will have a little more news in the world of NASCAR uh, within the next coming week. <coughs> IndyCar, something. Because it is kind of quiet this time of year. And, and it's kind of kind of getting that lull with the off-season. You know, maybe you're watching home races, or maybe you're just out for a Sunday drive instead of watching people take Sunday drives. But, on that note, 
I'm Matt Hardman, and while COVID got us down in 2020, I hope in 2021 I can actually say this and be 100% genuine that I will see you at the track. Until next show, I'm Matt Hardman. Bye, everybody.